Good morning. morning. See if we can't maybe steer this ship back towards God (laughs) and away from cows. (laughs) He made cows. He made cows. Okay. Let's pray first. Father, we offer this time up up to you. And Lord, I just pray your uh, mighty presence in this room, in this message, in the hearing of it, in the digesting of it. God, that you would instruct the hearts of all those who will hear and help us to use the, the message and the tools that will accompany it to glorify you and to draw closer to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are starting this Sunday uh, to do this series that's called, How Is Your Soul? And um, why are we going to do that? Well, I think probably the one thing that a lot of people want to do, try to do, is to grow spiritually. I mean, if we're Christians, that should be our objective, right? But a lot of times we don't really know how to do that. Um, And we have to understand that spiritual growth is not something that just happens to us. We can't just go to church and open our Bible occasionally and expect that all of a sudden we're going to be, you know, spiritual giants on the order of um, um, C.S. Lewis or, you know, any one of a number of people. It's something that you really have to work at. You have to have a daily pursuit of intimacy with Jesus. Something that has to happen. And so we have, a, we have a part to play in that. And how we play that part is going to affect how deeply and how quickly we actually become like Jesus. So you really could sort of think of it like a tree. And, and a tree is always growing, right? As long as it's alive, it's always growing. But how healthy it is, is kind of another matter. Um, And what's kind of cool is that we have (laughs) about a billion of these at our house. This is an acorn that I pulled off the deck. And um, it's kind of amazing because you sit in the the house and it sounds like um, someone's dropping bombs on our deck, just one after another. But in this little acorn is presumably one seed. That's generally the way it works. So there's one seed inside an acorn. And in that one seed is all of the DNA that is necessary to architect an oak tree. And um, I, I found this is pretty cool. This is the Seven Sisters Oak that is in uh, Mandeville, Louisiana. And it is the largest certified southern oak, uh, live oak, in the United States. They estimate that it's uh, somewhere around 1,500 years old. And it, um, the circumference, 38 feet around. I mean, that's a big... I, wish, I couldn't find a picture of someone standing next to it, because that would have been, I think, really illustri- illustrative. But nonetheless, so 
when we think about trees growing like this, well, what, you know, how does this eventually get to look like that or something similar to that? Well, it's got to go down into the um, humus, I guess, of the, of the forest floor and um, start to absorb water you know, that either comes as rain or that it's drawing out of the soil. Um, it gets minerals from the richness of the, the decomposed trees and other parts of the forest that are on the, on the floor. And eventually it grows to look something like that. And see, Psalm 1 tells us that we are like trees. And so just like an oak seedling, everything that we need to grow is not contained in us, just as it's not contained in this. You can't sit this on the floor in here and, and expect that you'll find a tree someday, right? It doesn't have what it needs in it to be able to grow. Well, it, it's the same with us. We don't have everything that we need in us to be able to grow spiritually. So that, you know, the water we drink and the minerals that we ingest are all going to be part of shaping our character into the likeness of Christ. And so if you are someone who has decided that following Jesus is really the only way to be truly human, then how you stretch your roots out on a daily basis in things like um, prayer, study, caring for yourself, your community life, your family, friendships, work, and the missions that you're involved in all have something to do with growth. Those are all going to contribute to that. And so this series, How Is Your Soul, is designed to strengthen all of us as we make this personal journey. Now, if you haven't gotten one already, uh, I sent out a couple of emails this week, and in the emails were links so that you could go out and get this free devotional. And it is out there in a number of different formats. You can download it as a PDF file, you can download it as a, an ebook. You can download it as a Kindle book. Um, you can download it as an audio file if you just want to listen. So this is really kind of a first for Vineyard Resources, and this is how they're going to start distributing a lot of their materials. So um, I'm, I'm going. I will resend all of the links tomorrow. So if you didn't get it, you have another chance to right. Uh, but I would really encourage you to do this because it's, it's a, a booklet that's going to follow along with the series we're doing. And so it's, it's a real simple devotional. I think it's one reading a week. But then a, you do a daily examination of conscience sort of at the end of the day. Okay? So, um, and I will make this caveat. If you have zero electronic access to the world, you have no phone, no tablet, no computer. Basically, um, sorry, you're a Luddite. Would that be it? Um, 
then let me know and I will print one for you. Okay. I've given one to Richard because I knew that Richard was not plugged in and I gave one to Barbara because I knew Barbara wasn't plugged in. So if there's anybody else, let me know and I will make sure that you get one. All right. You can just email me and let me know that. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we're going to look, over the course of these four weeks, we're going to look at four different things. We're going to look at soul, family, work, and calling. And so these kind of equate to our interior life, our family life, our active life, and our missional life. Okay, so that's going to be the focus of this. And, and sort of our goal, if you want to set a goal before us in doing all of these things, is really described in Ephesians 4.13. And Ephesians 4.13 says... Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So that's where we want to go. That's our goal. And like I said, spiritual growth does not just happen. It is something that you have to work at. Um, and you have to develop some daily habits in order to do that. And so what I really want to emphasize is that um, our motto through this has got to be personal spiritual development is intentional. Right? We can't just think it's going to happen. And so let's start this, you know, sort of by asking this very basic question. How is your soul? When was the last time that you really took a moment and got quiet, you know, just kind of got settled in, you know, your favorite chair, left the TV off, and allowed your heart or your soul to kind of tell you how it's doing? You know, your heart can speak to you in a number of different ways. And it's generally a really good idea to listen to it. See, I have uh, a friend named Bill James. And about five or six years ago, um, Bill was kind of listening to his heart in a physical way. And it was telling him that something wasn't quite right. And so he thought, well, I, you know, I'll go to the hospital to have it checked out. Well, they checked it out, and they wouldn't let him leave. In fact, uh, they wouldn't even let him leave to get a second opinion. They scheduled surgery for the next day. See, Bill had, when they looked, they found he had significant blockage in four arteries, including 99% blockage in the left anterior descending artery. And if you don't know, that artery has a nickname. It's called the Widowmaker. For all you Western fans, there actually is a gun called the Widowmaker. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because I always thought this meant that the gun, you know, be, shooting the gun caused a lot of deaths, right? That's not why it's named this. It's named this because the design, there's kind of a design flaw with it. 
and sometimes the, the, sh the cartridges can get jammed in the thing. And what people would do, why this ever occurred to anyone was a good idea, I don't know. They would take the gun and put it on the ground and try to clear the barrel by stamping it like that. As late as 2005, there were four reported deaths from someone dealing with this gun. So if you have one at home, The point is that once this left anterior descending artery is completely closed off, that's it. Death happens in a matter of moments. That's if you remember Tim Russert, who was the host of Meet the Press. That is what happened to Tim. That artery closed off, and you just don't have any time to react. Now, was it a good idea that Bill listened to his heart? Well. He's still alive <laughs> to tell the tale, and it's been five or six years since. He retired as a United Methodist pastor about a year ago, and now he's got his own furniture restoration business. He's still able to enjoy his wife and his kids and his grandchildren. So it was a good idea. Now, were there some new habits suggested to Bill so that he could keep his heart strong? Well, absolutely, and the chances are pretty good that you've heard some of them before. Get more exercise, eat a better diet, you know, manage your weight, manage diabetes. If you have blood pressure issues, you need to get that under control. But see, in similar fashion, there are things that we can do for our spiritual well-being for our spiritual health, just as there are these things that we do for our physical health, relating to keeping our heart strong, our spiritual heart, all right? And so point number one is that you need to care for your soul. And the verse that chosen for this is uh, Proverbs 4.23, which says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow springs of life. Now it would seem this is an allusion to the arteries, you know, which carry blood from the heart through the whole body. And as long as the heart is capable of receiving and propelling the blood, life continues. Um, but you really need to, to be careful, as we've talked about, that that flow continues. And it, it's like that in spiritual things. The heart, as scripture tells us, is essentially the seat of the Lord. And it's where the life and glory reside. And the streams of spiritual life really sort of proceed from that throughout our whole bodies. And so we've got to make sure that that fountain doesn't get blocked up. Um, Charles Spurgeon is a well-known preacher, had this to say about this verse in particular. He said, you've seen the great reservoirs provided by our water companies in which the water that is to supply hundreds of streets and thousands of houses is kept. Now the heart is just the reservoir of man and our life is allowed to flow in its proper season. That life may flow through different pipes, the mouth, the hand, the eye, but still 
all the issues of hand, of eye, of lip, derive their source from the great fountain and central reservoir. And hence, there is no difficulty in showing the great necessity that exists for keeping this reservoir, the heart, in a proper state and condition. Since otherwise, that which flows through the pipes might be corrupt. See, one way that we can keep our heart with all vigilance is by developing habits that promote a strong and healthy spiritual heart. Our habits are essentially who we are, really, if you think about it. For example, let's take a look at some habits that affect us physically. Okay, so if you had bad eating habits, that would be overeating, eating lots of fried foods, um, eating lots of processed foods, could be binge purge kind of eating. I mean, that's not good either. Um, if you had bad drinking habits, it might be drinking alcohol in excess, could be quantity or frequency, could be not drinking enough water, could be drinking too many soft drinks. If you had bad relationship habits, I just learned of a new bad relationship habit. It's called fubbing. Do you know what fubbing is? Fubbing is short for phone snubbing. And it's when you're seated at a table or having a conversation with someone and you keep checking your phone. So you're, you're fubbing somebody if you're doing that. So it could be that you've got a problem with fubbing. It could be that you never talk to the other person. It could be that you focus only on yourself. All right, so now let's turn the table. What are the, what's the good side of this? Well, from a good eating standpoint, it would be eating a sensible portion of food, eating fruits and vegetables, lean meats, more natural stuff than processed. Drinking would be plenty of water and limiting the intake of the bad stuff. Good relationship habits would be actually paying attention to the other person. You know, looking out for their needs before your own. Being willing to apologize and forgive. So I thought about, okay, well, what would it look like if we followed all of the bad habits? All those that I listed. And I decided that people would end up as an overweight, cholesterol-laden, heart attack-prone, dehydrated, alcoholic, and very lonely person. <laughs> Not so good. And obviously, if you do the good habits, the reverse would probably be true. Well, there's a clear parallel to how this relates to our soul. Because, you know, if we were to ignore, you know, the spiritual habits that we're talking about here, well, then God becomes distant and our heart becomes hard. And that God-shaped hole that's in there cries out to be filled. And in the absence of life-giving habits, we're going to find some life-draining habits to use to make up the difference. And they're probably going to be ones that are fueled by the desires of the world. But conversely, if we engage in the spiritual habits, then God draws close. And our hearts become soft. 
and what the world says is important becomes less attractive and a lot easier to ignore. Well, what spiritual habits really affect us and change us? Well, obviously, prayer, reading God's word, gathering together and worshiping God in community like we're doing right now, being in relationships where others call us into account, and serving God in some way. See, these daily or weekly spiritual habits of embracing quiet, frequent prayer, scripture reading, community worship, accountable relationships, and missional service can all serve to recalibrate, recollect, and reorient our souls that can get so fragmented through the course of living our daily lives. And so that's, first of all, how we care for our soul. The second point is that we need to care for our direction. And the scripture here is from John, John 12, 50. And this is Jesus speaking. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Now, have you ever started going in one direction and you were just very confident that you knew exactly where you were headed and you found out that it led to the wrong place? See, it's a really good thing that I don't drive for a living because this would be me constantly. I just simply don't have a really good sense of direction. Which is why years ago, my wife stared at me in utter shock and horror as I was giving people directions in New York City. <laughs> now, she was new to the city. She thinks this may have been her first trip or first trip in a long time. And I had been there a week as I was teaching a class. And in, in a week, I learned that New York is laid out like a big grid. Okay, here's a section of it, okay, and you can see um, the numbered avenues run north to south, and the numbered streets run east to west. So once you sort of know that, it's really pretty easy, okay? Um, so if you just, if you kind of know where you are, if you know you're on the corner of this avenue and this street, you can tell someone, you know, where to go. And, 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 and that's why she's looking at me like, you don't, you get lost in your hometown. Why are, what are you doing giving people directions in New York? Well, the problem is that life is not quite as well organized as New York City. Life is a little bit more like Broadway. And that's the wild card in all of this that you sort of have to know. Because Broadway, as you can see, runs on a diagonal. And so it crosses all of these other, um, creates interesting intersections all through New York. sort of like it just defies all of this organization, right? It, uh, the, the direction that we go in life also sort of lends itself to a, a wonderful quote that I ran across from the recently deceased Yogi Berra. Supposedly, Yogi once said this, 
You've got to be very careful if you don't know where you are going because you might not get there. <laughs> if, if he didn't say it, it certainly sounds like he could have, right? We are truly creatures of the heart. And so whatever direction that our desires are going, that's where our actions are going to follow. God has given us a direction, and it's stated very plainly in this verse. The destination is eternal life. And how we get there is by being obedient to him. So the direction of how to do that and how to get there are given through the words of Jesus, as well as through the prophets and the other biblical writers. And if we take all that together, we have what? We have the Bible. And that forms our final authority for obedience. God has a place for us to go, but our souls can get off track from time to time. Ignatius of Loyola suggests that our soul moves according to the events and emotions in our days. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Because I know, you know, if I'm having a good day, you know, everything's kind of going well, then it's like, yay, God, this is great, thank you. If things are not going so well, you know, it's harder to pray, it's harder to, you know, to praise. It's really hard to praise. But if we have these spiritual habits in place, then they kind of act almost like a GPS, that if we just engage in these habits, then we can kind of get recalibrated and pointed in the right direction again. So that's number two, which is to, to care for the direction that you're going in. And then number three, care for your habits. And this is based on Galatians 6.8, which says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And so what this really is saying is that each of us, by our own thoughts and our attitudes and our actions, we're constantly planting for a future reaping. Now, time may pass before that crop actually ripens, but we're still going through this process, and the harvest is inevitable. And so you have to understand that you reap spiritually, relationally, mentally, and physically in direct relationship to what you plant. And it's foolish to think that you can live irresponsibly and not suffer damaging consequences somewhere along the way. So it's clear that we become our habits. And so could a corporate call right now to care for our inner lives, our interior lives, help us as a community become more like Jesus in a deeper way? Are you all in for a soul care revolution of sorts? And so what I'm asking you to do is for the next month, to, let's commit ourselves to this daily rhythm of morning prayer, reading scripture, 
praying during the day, doing a daily examine at the end of the day. Uh, and all of this is in those booklets that you've either you've already downloaded or you're going to download tomorrow. And so it's all in there. Because new habits can mean a new you. Well, what do you mean by that? How does that work? Well, I have an example that I'd like to read. This is, um, this is from a book I've been reading called The Good and Beautiful God. Now, this is this, what I'm going to read sort of takes place in the context of it is that the gentleman Craig that is being referred to in the book um, was part of a group that was doing something very similar to this, was sort of engaged in a group that was working on soul care, on trying to uh, go deeper, trying to, basically it was like spiritual direction, okay? So I'll start reading. Craig is one of the people who took part in the experiment in developing a curriculum for Christ-likeness. After being involved in an apprentice group, Craig began to notice some real changes in his life and the way he behaved toward his family, friends, and coworkers. He is a zoo architect, which requires him to travel a lot. One day, he and his business colleague were flying back to the United States from Germany when they got stuck in the Atlanta airport and were told their flight home would be delayed several hours. Those several hours passed and a few hours more. And then finally they were told the flight had been canceled. The delay meant that there were no options to get home that night and they would have to spend the night in Atlanta. Sound familiar to some of you? <laughs> the anger level in the concourse was reaching a fever pitch. All of the passengers were forced into a long line to rebook their flights. Craig and his business partner stood in line and watched as each, each person spoke harshly to the young woman who was trying to help them. When it was Craig's turn, he looked at the young woman, smiled, and said, I promise I am not going to be mean to you. Her countenance softened, and she said softly, thank you. Their exchange was pleasant, and he got their flights booked for the next day. As he walked down the concourse, Craig was smiling despite the disappointment. His business partner had been watching him. He said, Craig, I've known you for a long time. A year ago, you would have been enraged by what we went through today, and you would have lit into that woman at the counter. Craig said, you know what? You're right, but I have changed. I know who I am, and I know where I am. I am a person in whom Christ dwells, and I live in the kingdom of a God who loves me and is caring for me. I'm frustrated, but I'm still at peace. We'll get home tomorrow. There's nothing for us to do. Anger doesn't help anything. I figure we might as well enjoy this unexpected turn of events. 
His friend just shook his head in amazement. I'm not sure what you've been eating or drinking, but you really have changed. It was what Craig had been doing and thinking for the last year that brought the change. Craig had followed his desire to become a different kind of person by signing up for the apprentice group and training for, transfer, for transformation. Craig was not alone. His desire to do the work and the changes he experienced as a result occurred only because of the work of the Holy Spirit, not by his own willpower. That's the kind of change we're talking about. And so as we begin this, this week with this devotional, there are some questions in there that you will ask yourself each week, all right? But then each, each week there's one new one that we're going to focus on for that week, all right? And the one for this week is this. Ask yourself, am I rooting my daily identity in my relationship with Jesus or increasingly in my tasks, relationship, ministry, or vision? Am I rooting my daily identity in my relationship with Jesus or increasingly in my tasks, relationships, ministry, or vision? Let's pray. Spirit of God, my soul can fluctuate between faith and fear moment to moment. I choose to pursue intimate communion with you as my daily rhythm and remedy. Let your presence center me each morning, displacing turmoil, fear, and anxiety. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. If the worship team would come forth, please. And I'm doing the happy dance. Did you notice I didn't cough? <laughs> All right. Flonase, Aleve, gargling with salt water, and chloroseptic. <laughs> That's the formula. Let's stand. And if I could have those who are uh, released to pray to come forth, please. Come forth. <laughs> Remember that was John Wimber's favorite prayer of Jesus? Come forth. He's talking to Lazarus. Come forth. Would we ever pray that way? We should. We were like, you know, God, if you, if you want to, it would be really cool if you'd uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, Jesus just said, come forth. 
we're going to, uh, I'm just going to pray a blessing over you. And I would encourage you during this time of worship, if you want to see, just stay in praise. You can uh, come up and get prayer. If you haven't had the chance to take communion yet, you can do so now. Um, and then we'll be finished. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for each and every one of the people that are gathered here today. Lord, I ask that you would uh, begin a work deep inside of them, a work that would encourage them to ask that question that we asked at the very beginning, how is your soul? Father, we ask that all of us would engage in this month-long spiritual discipline of reading and prayer and prayer and uh, just contemplation of you. We know we have the time, Lord. Help us make the time for it. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen.